Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to know the best place to eat? Ask a chef. And the chef I'm talking to today on CityCast Las Vegas says the most delicious neighborhood in Vegas right now is Chinatown. Lorraine Blanco Moss was a chef on the Strip and now hosts KNPR's podcast, Exit Spring Mountain. And she's taking me on a personal tour of Chinatown's dim sum rooms, late night joints, and everywhere else the Yelp review should be ignored. From bougie to budget eats, there's something for everyone. It's Thursday, December 1st, 2022. I'm Vogue Robinson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Lorraine Blanco Mas, thank you so much for being on CityCast Las Vegas. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here, Vogue. I'm excited. So if you have a guest coming to visit you, where's the first place you are taking them to eat in Chinatown and why? Okay, so this is going to be controversial to my Asian side. I'm multiracial, but I'm also Latina. So it's not an Asian spot. And I know we're talking about Chinatown, which we will talk about a ton of Asian restaurants. But my absolute favorite restaurant in Chinatown is a Spanish place called EDO. It stands for Extra Day Off, Extra Day Off in the hospitality industry for people that don't know. It's like you come into work and it's not as busy as managers expected it to be. So Mm -hmm. they may either call you off or they could also have you come in and then it's not busy enough and they'll send you home. Send you home. And we'll call that like an EDO. And so as much as a lot of people want to make money, sometimes it's like, I just want to chill. I don't want to be at the restaurant today. And so it's like, we extra day off, EDO. So what are we eating at EDO? What are we eating? Yeah. So the best thing, honestly, about EDO is the chef. So it's Chef Oscar Amador, amazing chef out of Barcelona. Definitely 100% go with the chef's tasting menu. And it is very reasonable there. I want to say it's around $60, possibly $65 a person. And there's also a plant-based version. So it's super awesome also for people who want plant-based options. It usually includes a green tartare, which is interesting. So usually when you think of tartare, you think of raw meat, which it usually is. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's zucchini, avocado, and a pistachio vinaigrette. Oh, I would eat that. It's gorgeous to look at and also very tasty. Also, do not sleep on the Kaluga caviar. It's bougie, I know, but it's a (laughs) (laughs) Kaluga caviar and eggs. I'm a little bougie. Um, It is absolutely gorgeous. It's creamy. It's salty. Um, It's a great way to start the meal. And, you know, go with a chef, trust him. He's somebody not only who is an amazing cook, but also a very good person. So he will have your back. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm excited to try it out. 
Uh, I know you also worked as a professional chef and I love that you mentioned like extra day off and this idea of Chinatown as a food destination for industry people. Where do people in the hospitality industry go after a long shift? So many places. So um, (laughs) this is the name of the restaurant. It's called Fuck Him Long. (laughs) Uh, It's very popular with the industry folk because it is open super late at night, obviously known for their pho. So super delicious soups in there. That's a very popular spot. A lot of the karaoke joints are a Mm -hmm. great place also to eat after hours because what's cool about this situation is For people like me who can't sing, you're just with your buddies. You're in a room that's (laughs) private and you can totally make fun of yourself and be terrible at singing without having a bunch of strangers around. You can get soju, which is a delicious Korean alcoholic drink, Mm -hmm. and sing the night away and then get a bunch of appetizers. So one of mine that I like is Jay Karaoke. Also after hours, the ramen spots. I mean, who doesn't want like a nice like oxtail like soup, you know, oxtail ramen or like a pork belly ramen late at night, especially this time of year. You feel cozy. You feel warm. You have your chopsticks and your slurping noodles. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's another thing that a lot of industry folk do late at night. I cannot miss sushi. I don't know if this would totally be considered Chinatown, but it's Asian food. So I'm going to just throw it out there, Goyamon. It's definitely a spot where chefs hang out late at night. It's open super late. It's AYCE, which I know is a little crazy. All you can eat sushi at like two o'clock in the morning when you get off a shift. Yeah. But I'm totally here for it. It's amazing. It includes dessert. So you get like mochi at the end of your meal or a green tea ice cream or red bean ice cream. You get all you can eat sushi. It also includes the appetizers. So dumplings and pork belly and all those things are also included in that all you can eat menu. And so where is it located? I feel like that's more Spring Valley. Which is, you know, adjacent to Chinatown. It's hard, honestly, nowadays to say what Chinatown actually is because it all centers around Chinatown Plaza at Spring Mountain and Decatur, right? Mm -hmm. But over the years, as most of us who've lived here for a bit know, it's, you know, grown. You know, you could have arguments all day with foodies about where Chinatown ends. It definitely starts at Chinatown Plaza, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely moved and creeped into like the suburbs in many ways. Right. That's the thing about it is that it's sprawling out. But when I think about when I'm trying to go there, I am so intimidated. Like I'm like, (laughs) how do I pick which place to go to? And then I'm like, where the heck do I park? Because I feel like I have to make those decisions ASAP because if I'm not in the correct lane, I can't get to where I need to go. So Lorraine, where the heck do you park? Oh my gosh. This is such a loaded question because I don't think that there's a place that's great to park there. Look, (laughs) And I also think that it is not easy to drive in there. The parking spaces are super tight and it feels like you're right next to the car that you're parked next to on both sides. Mm -hmm. There's no time of day when it's not busy there. It's kind of crazy that way. It's one of those neighborhoods in town where you could go at 2 o'clock, you could go at 7 p.m., you could go at 1 a.m., and you're still going to not be able to find a parking space. I know because I've had the discussion with the people who own Chinatown Plaza, the original owners, that they've been talking about it, and it's something that they would like to expand on. But, 
you know, as with anything, funds are needed and they have to go through quite a lengthy process of being able to figure out where they're going to put it and how big is it going to be? and Like a parking structure? Yeah. Will they be allowed to get the particular permits that are necessary to them? And I wish so bad that that can happen because it definitely happened in the downtown area where it was just impossible to find parking. I feel like it's a lot easier to park downtown now. Mm -hmm. So if we could just get on board with Chinatown being like that, it would be amazing. It would change things up for sure. So there's no secrets to parking in in Chinatown. It's not a secret. Honestly, I would just say be super careful because I keep hearing about people like having issues about parking. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's not easy. You know what? Take a ride share. That might be the way. Because then also you could have more soju or sake (laughs) or whatever you want to drink over there. Boom. Take it safe. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So if you had to pick, what's your favorite Asian restaurant in Chinatown? Okay. So it depends on my mood. But I'll give you my OG one and I'll give you my new one. So the OG one is Orchids. And I don't know. I know people will fight me on this one. But it's my favorite dim sum place. It's open all day, which is nice because dim sum is normally sort of a late morning, early afternoon situation in most cities. But here, you know, we're a 24-7 town and Orchids is open, not 24-7, but it's open from like morning to evening for dim sum, which is not necessarily normal. Mm-hmm. I love dim sum with carts. And so they have the ladies that have like the cute little attitudes <laughs> pushing around the carts. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily go there for like excellent customer service. And I think that's sometimes why reviews aren't necessarily as good. You've got to be kind of careful with Asian restaurants when it comes to Yelp and some of the other review sites because they're rating it based on something that's like not necessarily culturally relevant. Right. An entirely different cultural scale. Yeah. <laughs> they they talk in different ways. And, you know, in Chinese culture, it's very common to yell at each other and you're not really mad. <laughs> you're just talking loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's the case sometimes when people rate dim sum restaurants. They feel like they're not being treated the way that your average American restaurant might treat you. Mm-hmm. You're there for the food. Right. Eat Was the food, food. good? That's what we, our job is to bring you good food. Right. The food is, is amazing. And leave it to uh, the hakao and siumai, which are the very popular dumplings in dim sum cuisine, mm-hmm. are the best, I think, in town. The way that you can tell a lot of the time is the thinness or the thickness of the noodle around the dumpling. So if it's nice and thin and it feels like it's melting in your mouth, you don't necessarily have to chew that rice noodle that's surrounding the dumpling. That's telling you something about the skill of the cook or the chef that's making it. But also just mouthfeels are a real thing when it comes to dining. You want to have that, ooh, it melts in my mouth feeling when you're eating dim sum. You don't want it to feel heavy. Dim sum literally translates to little hearts. So you want it to feel like little little bits of love, you know, that you can choose off carts. I also have like a very um, romanticized feeling about dim sum because I grew up eating it a lot. I'm from the Bay Area. So San Francisco and Oakland are really very well known for their, their dim sum restaurants. Um, the one thing I would say 100% do not sleep on at Orchid's Garden is their barbecue pork buns. They're also called baked char siu bao. When you see them on the car, your eyes attracted to them because they just have this beautiful glaze on top. Mm-hmm. So you got the barbecue in the middle, barbecue pork. It's salty, it's chewy, meaty, unctuous. And on the outside, you've got this beautiful, sweet, fluffy bun. Yes. <laughs> 
what all of that, <laughs> all the things. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. What's your second pick? Oh, we're going to go the newer. So newer than Orchid's Garden, I would go Xiaolongbao dumplings or Xiaolong dumplings. So they're known for Xiaolongbao, which is basically translated to soup dumplings. So <laughs> the one thing you want to be careful about for your tongue and your mouth, if you have like a baby mouth and you don't like burning hot things, <laughs> this is a chef thing. Um, so if you have a baby mouth and you're afraid of things that are super hot and also because you don't want to lose the soup, that's the most important part of the Xiaolong Bao dumpling, you do it with a spoon. Also, you can bite into it slowly that way because you have no idea how boiling hot that soup could be inside there. <laughs> One of the things, again, that I think some of my uh, Asian friends or Asian relatives might be like, what the hell, Lorraine? My favorite Xiaolongbao at that place actually has cheese and pork in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I'm an Asian American. <laughs> and it tastes basically like a cheeseburger dumpling. Because you got the cheese, you got the pork, and I don't know what it is. As soon as I bite into it, I think like old school McDonald's cheeseburger, McDonald's cheeseburger, but like tastier and better. Um, they also have, for people that like the spiciness, they have this amazing wasabi dumpling there. So it, it's folded in a beautiful uh, sort of like matcha green uh, rice noodle. And when you bite into it, it's like that feeling if you love wasabi in your sushi, where it just immediately flies up your nose <laughs> and into your brain cells. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but also tasty at the same time. So you got to be a little bit of a daredevil there. Word. <laughs> <laughs> so what is something you think the average Las Vegan would be surprised to know is happening in Chinatown? The proliferation of not Asian restaurants or non-Asian restaurants. You know, as we talked about a little bit, Vogue, it's it's become a foodie destination of sorts, a place where when people are in the know, and I hate the word foodie, so I'll say people who love food. <laughs> uh, if if they're going there, you know that it's the place to be. And the chefs and restaurateurs know that as well. And so they're opening these amazing little spots that are, you know, it started with Asian spots that weren't necessarily Chinese. So Chinatown's a little bit of like not fully accurate, right? Because there's Japanese, you know, there's ramen places, there's Vietnamese there, there's Malaysian, there's Filipino. And so it's not really Chinatown. It was originally Chinatown Plaza and had Chinese restaurants. 
but now it's become many Asian styles of food. And then very recently, in the last couple of years, it's become non-Asian styles of food. So we're talking about the EDOs. Um, we're talking about Partage, which is a super delicious high-end French restaurant. It's dark and it's moody and it's romantic. So uh, Sparrow and Wolf, also like sort of a new American restaurant. Yeah. So French cooking style, but with a nod to Asian food. Chef Brian Howard is beautiful, genius chef. He he comes from Kumsa and some of some high-end French restaurants. And he has his own restaurant there, Sparrow and Wolf. Speaking of Brian Howard, he's got a new place called Half Bird. It is a rotisserie spot. And uh, it's in Chinatown too? It's in the Chinatown area. It's right over by um, Take It Easy Roasters, which has beautiful Colombian pastries. So there you go again, Colombian pastries in the Chinatown area next to more non-Asian restaurants. So I also love that these chefs that are coming in that are, you know, not necessarily Asian, they are still nodding to the fact that they're in Chinatown. Mm -hmm. So they might be creating, you know, some beautiful French extravaganza or some gorgeous Spanish tapas. But they're thinking about, hmm, how could I use yuzu in this? Maybe I'll do something that's like a a matcha flan or, you know, they're really thinking about this is where I am and I owe a lot of my success to the Asian American culture around me. Mm -hmm. I'm successful here and I'm going to respect the fact that it's an Asian American neighborhood. Word. So why do you love Chinatown? Oh, that's a loaded question. Well, the main reason obviously would be for the tasty food possibilities. I mean, that's my life is food, not only my work, but also my passion. Every single day I'm looking for new recipes and I just feel inspired there. I love the fact that we have a place that has so many different kind of cuisines in just a few blocks. And, you know, people say we don't have culture a lot of the time. And I think it's because they haven't been here long enough or they're outsiders, to be honest, like tourists. Yeah, and you don't know how to live. Like, everything, everything's on the strip. Like, how do you live on the strip? And it's like, hello, we don't live on the strip. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, there's plenty of culture to be had. Absolutely. And I mean, honestly, I love that there's a place that where there's, you know, people who look like me. I love to be with people of all races and I'm multiracial on both sides of my family. (laughs) But I also like to feel like, you know, there's people who look like me and I'm home. I feel like I'm home there because Mm. there are a bunch of people who understand the kind of food that I had when I was growing up. And food is so much about memory. Mm -hmm. It's so much about how you were raised. And it's so much about the story more than anything else. You enjoy your best meals when there's something that feels nostalgic about it, even Mm. if it's a new version of what you had. But there's some nostalgia there where this reminds me of cereal when I was seven years old or (laughs) reminds me of the buns in the morning at my grandma's house. Like, that's when you have those most memorable food experiences. And that's what I feel like I have in Chinatown. Oh, that's so beautiful. Of course, my brain all automatically goes to Ratatouille and it's like you take the bite and you go and you get transported to this childhood memory of, you know, somebody making it with love and making do with what you have. And 
ah, every food memory is so like you can cherish so many things. So gosh, Lorraine, thank you so much for being on CityCast Las Vegas today. We really appreciate you sharing all these beautiful stories. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for that Remy reference. I love Ratatouille. It's one of my favorite food movies of all time. Maybe my favorite movie. It might be. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Now we all need to go to Chinatown. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Several planes. (laughs) Before you go, a few things you should know. Big news for Nevada broke yesterday. President Biden announced his intention to designate Aviquime as a national monument. Yay! This area is just outside of Las Vegas and includes Spirit Mountain, a sacred site for many Native American tribes. Advocates have been working to protect Aviquime since 1999. Meanwhile, a new report shows that the Las Vegas home prices are continuing their cool down. From August to September this year, Vegas prices dropped 2.4% compared to the national dip of 1%. But overall, prices are still up compared to one year ago. Good luck, home shoppers. (laughs) We hope you get a nice house. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Friends, tell us what spot you love to eat at in Chinatown and where the heck you park. If you enjoyed the show, send this episode to a friend and make plans to meet up. Send us pictures. Then rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. Ba